0: Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing CIC issue number 133, The Priesthood of Every Believer. And in this episode, we're going to continue our discussion on every believer's right and duty to judge doctrine. Now, in your article, you say, Roman Catholicism claimed the right to teach, but forbade the members of the congregation to judge. Now, this is a serious issue And how, as we mentioned in the last episode in 1 Corinthians 14 said, let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. It is really important that we as believers understand that we have both the right and the ability and the duty to judge doctrine.
1: Yes, we do. And when that's taken away, then you start having problems.
0: Right. The elders are the leaders of our church. They are responsible for teaching sound doctrine and they are held to a higher standard and we need to hold them accountable, but they aren't above fault and need to be able to handle questions from the congregation.
1: Right. And they're able to teach and Luther talks about that. And so Rome said, we are the judge. You can't judge us. And in other groups, less egregious in ways, but, um, We'll do the same thing if once they get the thing set up and it goes for a few generations.
0: Right. Now it's Westminster is the judge or the London Baptist 1689 confession is the judge or you know whatever whatever else they're putting in that place. But it still ends up with the same thing. There is an, an extra biblical creed or document that cannot be judged.
1: And the same thing is everywhere there is I graduate from assemblies of God. Bible college, after I was a junior in chemical engineering, was converted, and it was Pentecostals who led me to the Lord, and I had great teachers there. But they had their 16 fundamental truths, some of which I don't agree with. Okay. And there's a second blessing, and the evidence of it is speaking in tongues. Wow. So every group gets their distinctive thing. Yes. I grew up in a Methodist church, but they had liberal pastors who didn't even believe in miracles. Eventually, I was just looking at some stuff that came from that little church. And the 10 truths, I just did this yesterday. I found a, a document from when I was baptized as a baby, and I was looking at that. And they were their Wesleyan per- perfectionism was part of their doctrine. Yeah. And their sort yeah. of blessing was, you're going to have this experience where some great thing happens. And there were other doctrines in there I wouldn't agree with. I I wasn't a Christian. And I left because I wanted to study science and they told me God never did miracles. And he didn't expect us to believe that the Bible says that he did. It's just stories to make us better people. That wasn't their official position, but those pastors had grown up in that era of history of um, rationalism and just saying, well, we're here to make the world a better place. Every generation, I don't care where you grew up, what your tradition was, you have to, if you meet Christ by grace through faith, turn to him and you know the gospel's true, you know that judgment is coming and that if we don't believe in Jesus Christ and his blood doesn't remove our sins once for all, promised in scripture, we're not born again and appreciate the fact that the scriptures are God speaking to the whole church as we study it, whatever you were in is only binding if it was biblical. Right. Okay. So anytime somebody is saying you must swear to this first and then you're okay with us, They're silencing the church. Yes. Now, this isn't saying that we want everybody to be a mean rebel and not learn anything and to fail to show love and grace to one another as we grow in Christ, but we need to search the scriptures. And if my tradition that whoever hasn't spoken in an unknown tongue doesn't have the power of the Spirit, or the second blessing, which I don't even believe there is one. There's a life of blessing. But I don't mean to disrespect those great teachers that told me to study the Greek state of Scripture. Okay. And so we're going to always have to do that, no matter what group we're in.
0: That's right. And I think we should clarify, too, we're not saying a church shouldn't have a statement of faith. Or a constitution and bylaws that they expect their members to agree to to be a voting member
1: yes and we found that out in another group i was in that didn't want to have um the sort of organization that the government wants people to have so they know who you are and what you're doing right and that was in the 70s and there were these various groups and there's a phrase people from my generation remember Drink to Kool-Aid. Have you heard that? <laughs>
0: yes. Yep.
1: This cult and they usually claim to be Christian or have some status. And so in order to make sure that's not going on, various states say, well, wait a second, you have Christian doctrine, you're helping people. You need we need to know who you are and what this money is all about. Okay. So we're not saying that if you have an organization with a statement of faith and status that would make people know you're not a cult okay that that's wrong but the statement of faith should be based on sound christian doctrine right the the authority of scripture the 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 virgin birth the resurrection from the dead the trinity salvation by grace your faith and be substantial enough that you can't put that for a cult, but not be so heavy handed as we saw with the catechisms and decrees of the Catholic church, or I just wrote this article, creedal confusion.
0: Yes. And
1: people are saying you have to have a creed, otherwise you're not putting anything out there that can be judged. Well, I put out a hundred and, 60 or 70 theological articles, all of which can be judged.
0: Right. We put out a new podcast every week that can be judged.
1: And so the, my, the people that I ran into who were part of the charismatic movement in the 80s, 70s, 80s, when I was in it, thought that the creed killed them.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. They
1: came out of creedal churches like Lutheran or Presbyterian. Or even some came out of Catholicism, which was even more problematic. But it wasn't the creed that killed people. It was unbelief.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: But on the other hand, we need to have people searching the scriptures to see if these things are true. And if we don't care, we just want to sign on a dotted line and say, there, somebody else more intelligent than me figured that out. I'll just go with that. We've given up judging doctrine.
0: And we've given up a a lot of our own spiritual growth comes when we search God's word and we wrestle through tough things. we're hurting ourselves by just dismissing it because we need to go through the process of wrestling through scripture and seeking understanding. We need that.
1: We need to always do it. Yes. What sounds more pious isn't always from God. Right.
0: That somebody should make a make a meme of that. That.
1: (laughs) Well, we. I think uh, we're still going to do a series on prayer. Yes. That is coming up. You'll see how that happens all the time. Somebody is super pious, so they must be speaking for God. That doesn't prove anything.
0: Right, and and neither does anybody speaking in tongues or claiming they have the second blessing or any of all of these things, that doesn't make anyone more religious.
1: Right. And if you go to cicdministry.org, that's not where you find all truth. That's where you find articles questioning a lot of the claims that are made and then asserting what we're doing today, the authority of Scripture, priesthood of every believer, the solas. We're not anti-reformation. We're pro-solas. Scripture alone teaches salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. That is biblical.
0: Yes. It can be
1: proven again and again. However, people will say, yeah, I wouldn't be a Roman Catholic, but that person over here prays eight hours a day, so that's the pious one. They must be more holy and God's happy with them.
0: Right. And we do hear that.
1: Oh, yeah. And so we'll deal with that. But let's cite Luther. I think that will get us into where, where it leads if we don't go back and search the scriptures and not claim somebody was right. Let's join now. Okay. Here's what Luther said. This is a block quote in my article from Luther. Luther says, What sense is there to this drunken prattle of the Pope and his papists, though handed down over many generations. Here's the quote within the block quote of the Popes and the teaching magistrate. Here's what he said they said. We, quote, we command, we earnestly direct the Church of Rome is mistress of the churches and the articles of the faith, unquote, within the block quote. And And so... Luther says this about that. All right, let her sit and be a mistress yet here she is commanded to be silent if a revelation is made to one sitting by. Not only she but each of us one by one may prophesy says Paul master and corrector even of Peter when he acted insincerely. Galatians 2:14 then I have a little FF, which means to the end of the pericope. Okay. The end of the section. So Paul corrected Peter. Yeah. Now we're looking at First Corinthians, fourteen. Okay. First Corinthians one, Paul rebukes them. So one says, "I'm a Paul. I'm a Peter. I'm Apollos." Okay. Oh, so here, the Catholic Church says that uh, you can't, you can't correct us. Right. And Paul, Luke said to them, excuse me. And Luke said, go ahead and be a mistress of the churches. But if someone has the truth, then you must sit and be silent. Can you imagine? How did he stay alive? Right. (laughs) Luther was bold, if nothing else. Yes. Um, That's what it says. If somebody has the truth, and I think I'm important and I'm the great pastor or the great teacher whatever i think i am and i'm wrong and they come like the prophet did to to david in the old testament thou art the man we don't see our own problems many times we need to be smitten and to stop and change yeah and whenever elders say you must listen to us but you cannot correct us They've rejected the most basic obligation of every Christian teacher, which is, do not silence the church.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And uh, so Peter was an apostle, and Paul corrected him. So now back to what Luther said in that context. Okay. Luther goes on in this block quote, how much more ought we not then confident, confidently judge the church of Rome than with some ellipses. To keep this short enough, I say this in quoting Luther, we are not to be judged by this church lest we imperil our own salvation and be found to deny Christ. Wow. Luther and doesn't I, hold back. I have the complete works of Luther. And this was stunning when I read it. Yes. Imagine after all the, the hundred years war happened before that time and all the things that had gone on and the intrigues and problems. Here's a man standing up against the whole church and say, if I'm right about the gospel, then the Pope has to be silenced. Right. He has nothing to say.
0: Yeah. Sit right. and
1: judge sit in command, prove all your claims of, that you're self-referential, really, because we are many, we are uh, ancient, therefore we are right.
0: Which is exactly what they said.
1: Yeah, and Peter, they claim Peter was the first pope, and Luther's pointing out Paul rebuked Peter. Yes. And Peter had to change. Yeah. So then I, here's my comment on that in this article. Okay. Every believer can and must judge what anyone teaches in the name of Christ. Amen. If, between the recordings, we were talking about that because it comes up all the time. Yes. Any group with lots of followers and they write really great music that people love to listen to. and Young people flock to it and they're pious and they make whatever claims they make they still have to be judged right and i've talked to people who one man called me and said well my son got in this group down in kansas city and so then he uh i, I wrote an article about that and later i is the ihop the international house of prayer yes and they were claiming to be a new breed of man and 24-hour prayer but I interviewed some people that came out of that and managed to cling to Christianity. And they told me that when people become disillusioned or question anything, they leave. And most of them have nothing to do with even serving God. Wow. And so I wrote an article refuting the claims of the Mike Bickle, who was claiming unbelievable there's i'm telling you he claims to be this elijah you're gonna have an elijah company called on fire
0: yeah and then another
1: we were talking about this bill johnson out in reading
0: yes i
1: researched that i read his book when heaven invades earth this is false
0: yeah it is
1: jesus when he died lost his divinity and which is heretical yes and so God doesn't cease being God from all eternity.
0: Any God that can cease being God isn't a God. You can't can't
1: become God in the ultimate sense of the creator. Yeah. And you can't all of a sudden not be God and then become God again because you wrest authority over the earth from the devil or whatever they're claiming. You can look up the article, look up Bill Johnson, When Heaven Invades Earth, whatever I wrote about it. Yeah, And you know what they do? They ignore me.
0: Exactly. It's silence. There's no response. Why should
1: I listen to you? You're some guy writing these things, and you've got your own problems. And uh, We all have our own problems, but are we going to say to someone, you can't, when I, if I made such a claim that Jesus lost his divinity or willingly, you can't give up divinity. Right. This is the part of the the Christological creeds that Luther said are valid. Yes. The hypostatic union, the the Jesus is fully human and fully God and so on. I would want somebody to correct me because that's a damnable heresy. Right. And so every believer must, can and must judge what anyone teaches in the name of Christ. And then Here's the point that needs to be made. First point we made, don't silence the church. Right. Second point is this. What we judge doesn't mean we just find everything wrong. We need to find out what the truth is and affirm that as well.
0: Yes, and that's really important, especially, I think today in, in discernment circles, we see a lot of this is wrong and this is wrong and that person's wrong without teaching what is right and what is true. And part of discernment is teaching the true.
1: Yeah, honestly, we need to be committed to really studying and demonstrating what the Scripture says and educating Christians so that they can judge. Yes. Give them the tools. So let me point out something here. So I said in the article, this does not necessarily mean judge to be wrong. But it means to determine its veracity. Okay. okay. and there'll be more to say about that because I'll be preaching through First Corinthians, and there's this word dokimazo to put something to the test to see if it's genuine. Okay. If you were going to buy gold, would you want to know it was the real thing, or you want to pay two thousand right now an ounce for something that maybe isn't what it claims to be? Right. Well, we, we wouldn't do we, that with gold. Well, you're gonna do that with teaching. We should, we shouldn't. The pure word of God. So here is what Luther said, and I have a citation of that, what he said. Quote, for you will not be damned or saved by the teaching of another, be it true or false, but by your faith alone. Anyone may teach as he pleases. But what you believe is your responsibility, whether it result in your peril or your benefit.
0: Wow. As I was preparing for this episode yesterday, I highlighted that because it really struck me wow. that we have that obligation. We, we need to be careful of what it is we're believing and what we're listening to. We need to stay in God's word and judge doctrine However, it's coming at us because that is our responsibility,
1: exactly. And whenever it happens, whatever group anyone is in, if they start claiming, they start claiming that we have something that other people haven't had. We have the power of God, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the mighty thing going on. We are better, we're more dedicated, we surrendered all we did this, we did that, we're more pious, but you can't judge us, then you got a problem, okay? You can believe that. You can join that to your peril, but you're not going to be judged in eternity, nor will I. Christians at the judgment seat of Christ will be rewarded. Those who don't know him but think they do, I'm telling you, the Watchtower Society isn't going to judge you if you're Jehovah's Witnesses, the true God will, and it's not going to be good.
0: Wow, yeah, and it is so important. Church isn't
1: going to judge you either, God will, yes, and Lutheran church will not judge you, God will, because he Luther said this. I remember as a new Christian, we were going door to door witnessing. The first year I was in Bible college before we were married and I was in this little church and we'd go witnessing and they, many people in Minnesota is very Lutheran many times. I'm Lutheran. I was baptized. Don't, I don't want to hear what you had to say. And I wasn't telling anybody not to be Lutheran. We wanted to tell them about Christ. Okay. But Lutherans also says what well, you believe is your responsibility result in your peril or your benefit. right? Think about this, whoever's listening or watching. What you believe, um, because it's ancient, because many people think that's the way it is, you do have the scriptures, we have the scriptures, we have them in our common vernacular, as Luther said. We have many ways to learn and to look at these things. We don't lightly depart from anything that's been proven the deity of Christ, the Trinity, creation of the whole universe out of nothing. We preach those things every week. But if somebody says, take an oath, give us your money, join us, do what we tell you. Okay. You believed them. You gave them your money. You did whatever they said. But is it true? Wow. What about forgiveness of sins?
0: Yep. So Luther is telling us that it's our responsibility for what we are learning, whether it's for our peril or for our benefit. Now you go on to say in your article, this responsibility does not go away when church prelates say, we have had the truth figured out centuries ago, just decide to believe whatever we teach. So Rome says that, reform says that, I'm sure there are other different denominations that say that, but ultimately it is our responsibility to judge doctrine.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. You you even
0: go on to say, sadly, many people prefer it that way.
1: They want to join something. Yes. When I was studying church history and I was studying many of the movements in America when I was in seminary, One of the things that people capitalize on, it's it's really American. I'm sure other cultures have this. People want to join something. Yes. And the 19th century was a very strong post-millennial century. Societies sprung up all over this country to stomp out whatever they don't like. Many are still around. Okay. Society to prevent cruelty to animals society for the and i'm not saying that these aren't worthy causes but it's all part of this idea of the perfectibility of the culture okay and what really made problems for that was world war one and world war two and now again now we got things going on i don't know where it's going to go but when things get better up pop all these societies to wipe out any problem we might think but then the problem is we can't agree what needs to get wiped out.
0: Right, that is true.
1: And so it doesn't always have to do with doctrine amongst conservatives who want to be biblical. It has to do with all the range of what comes to us in the name of religion. But here's something that uh, I think is a valid implication. You can judge that. Here's what I said, and this verse became the key one when I debated emergent. I said this, however, doing so, in other words, I join, okay, I want to join something I like. However, doing so will never make anyone immune from the day of judgment.
0: Wow, that is true. It doesn't matter if you signed that statement of faith or said you agreed with this confession and this creed. That's not what God's looking for.
1: Right. And then here's what Jesus said. This was the key verse that I used at a debate with, with the emergent guy. Jesus said this, John 12, 48. He rejects me, does not receive my sayings, has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day, John 12, 48. The person I was debating didn't believe there was going to be judgment. Right. And emergent at the time is what they call themselves. There's other terms for it No. Uh, Panentheism, and whatever.
0: Yeah. Today, if you hear the word progressive, the progressive church, that's That's emergent. Yeah.
1: If there's going to be, um, first of all, they say you can't understand the meaning of words. Okay. Because it's better felt than felt, although they don't use that. That's a little crass. But if you see, you look around and you find the kingdom and you join it. Right. I cited that in a book I wrote about this. They're red-letter Christians, but they don't like these red letters because it says there'll be a judgment. Exactly. Or they'll say, well, God's going to judge everybody in some way because they didn't go out and do what we say they should be doing.
0: Well, and and I remember in dealing with emergent, too, one of the things that came up was judgment happens here and now through consequences.
1: But then Jesus denied that. Right. Right. Because in Luke 13, he said, do you think those who people who suffered as catastrophic, two examples, one was they'd been uh, persecuted. The other, they had a natural calamity, as we'd call it. Are they worse sinners than everybody else? A wall fell on them, Luke 13. Okay. So the red letters don't support the red letter Christians. <laughs> That's true. There's no judgment. And so the fact is, the book of Job might might as well not be in the Bible if we consequences now are the judge. Okay. Okay. So, one last thing here. That'll finish this section up till recovering truth here. Okay. There will be Christ's word that serves as the ground of judgment, not traditions, authorities, or councils. Nor will we be vindicated by claiming that is it impossible to know the truth. We must know the truth. Christ claimed that if we do know it, we will be set free if we come to him and believe him and become his disciples.
0: Amen.
1: The truth will make you free. So don't give up. Don't throw up your hands. Don't join something because it's ancient and supposedly proven because every ancient movement other than The actual church built on the foundation of Christ and the apostles, the one defined in Ephesians, every last one has gone astray in some way or another.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Believing the truth has eternal benefit, salvation. Believing lies in the air will harm you, even if not in this life. Ultimately, you'll have to answer to God, and so will I, and so will all of us.
0: All right. So we are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years' worth of articles, at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on Contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus
1: And Bob DeWay.